Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Thank you. Yeah, it feels good to be here in Studio B. This, uh, You know, I'll tell you what, week in and week out, praise God, he's been faithful to us to let us be here. We are. You know? You're rolling the dice, baby. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) That's right. Gambling men. So uh, if this is your first time being here, go ahead and take a minute to subscribe. Uh, we, we basically just break down scriptures for you piece by piece and manageable bits so that you can take the Word of God in an hour a week or so and, uh, and just really pull the deep subjects, right? Like the well, it's deep calling deep. It's a deep subject. Um, so for the, pers- for the first four seasons, we did the Torah portions. So like this week is the Torah portion, Korah. So if you were interested in finding some stuff out about that tour portion, you can go back and we have three years of audio only and one year of video that's on YouTube that you can search and you can find the tour portion Cora and you can get commentary specifically on that subject if that's what you're looking for. Because we are what? Christians with Torah. We believe in the basic that's Christian good. doctrines and we believe that the Torah is relevant to believers today. The whole Bible from Genesis to maps can be applied to your life, your life. And so with that being said, uh, last year we did the Gospel of Matthew. We took a year and a half to do the Gospel of Matthew, and we broke it down, like I said, in in bite-sized chunks, piece by piece, so that you can really unpack what's in there, receive what the Lord is doing. I think um, people want you to read your Bible every day, but I think you should slow down when you read it. Slow down. Really understand what's going on. Really take it in. Break it down. Receive it so that you can apply it. Uh, Also, we're entering the season of summer. And when you look at the Hebrew calendar, the season of summer, yep. let's just say that it's uh, a time of caution, right? Where, yeah. where people fall into idolatry, right? The golden calf incident happens during the summer. Um, uh, the ninth of Av is during the ninth. Uh, bad report. Right? The spies, they give a bad report, um, which is this past week's Torah portion. There's a lot that happens during the summer. And so for us as believers, we need to dig into the word even more than we normally do. We need to be praying and then we need to be receiving from the Lord and stay focused because there'll be plenty of going on on the left and the right to distract you. Trust me. All right. So this year we're doing, or this season, I should say, we're doing Acts, uh, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, for the past two weeks, we've been doing uh, chapter one and then the first half of chapter two. Today, we're going to do the second half of chapter two. Yes, we are. Verses 22 <clears> through 47, uh, and we're going to start off with uh, Peter speaking about yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. let's do it. So I'm going to be reading about Jesus of Nazareth, verses 22 through 28. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it for David speaketh concerning him I foresaw the Lord always before my face for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with my countenance. Man. He's preaching Peter's sermon. He is preaching. So everything that happened to Jesus, right, was under God's control. Yeah. Jesus himself, Yeshua, says... I laid my own life down. That's right. Right? So when people want to say that the Jews killed him or the Romans killed him, while they may be technically correct when they say the Romans killed him, the fact is that Yeshua laid his life down for the sins of humanity. 
And remember, they were gonna they wanted to, to take him, take him out of commission after the feasts. That's right. They didn't want to start a ruckus. Right. They didn't want to riot. They didn't want trouble with the people. They didn't want any trouble from the Romans. But it's interesting that uh, he uh, he called out Judas. How he expedited it. He said, "Whatever you're going to do, do quickly." That's right. And Judas is like, "Oh, I got to go. It's time. It's time." He says, "Guys, the uh, the schedule has been moved up." Yeah. So his plans, this is God's plans, were never disrupted by the Roman government or the Jewish officials. This was especially comforting to those facing oppression during the time of the early Christian church. So, you know, Peter is now discoursing because he has everybody's attention. Right. So the miracle of speaking in tongues and other people hearing it in their own language is happening at the Temple Mount, right? Everybody's hearing these guys speak, so there's a, a stir that's happening. So Peter gets everybody's attention and starts speaking. He started his discourse when he's quoting Joel, um, the, or the, gospel, or the Gospel of Joel, <laughs> the prophet Joel, uh, in the last few verses, you know, verses 17 through 21. Joel's a gospel. It's good news. It is good news. Not um, for the nations, but... And now that he three. has their attention, he starts off his speech with establishing credibility, right? Ye men of Israel, hear the words... Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, right? Everyone that actually encountered Yeshua and was there knows he did public signs and wonders before thousands of people, right? And we're not going to go through the list, but I'm sure you're thinking of a few right now. And he says, as ye yourselves also know. So now he's calling the people out because these are undeniable proofs, right? So they can't argue with his proofs. And him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now he's calling the people out. He said, hey, this guy was approved by God, and you guys crucified him and killed, killed him. Yeah, killed him. Right? So then what does he, he follows it up. He says, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. This is great, right? He's saying, God himself raises him from the dead because death can't hold Yeshua. Why? He's the son of God. Right. He's God in the flesh, right? You can't hold him down because he was on a mission from God, and this is what God had already ordained. That's right. So then he quotes uh, a psalm. He says, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Now, Peter spoke forthrightly about the resurrection. As Peter preached, the events of Jesus' death and resurrection were still hot news. It was still on TMZ, right? It was still, you know, on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Less than two months old, right, was the news, because we're 50 days out from his death, burial, That's and resurrection. Right. Ten days out from his, his ascension. Now, Jesus' execution had been carried out in public before many witnesses. His empty tomb was available for inspection just a short distance away. So everyone that was there talking with Peter could themselves walk over and see that the tomb was empty. Joseph of Arimathea. Now in Acts 2.25, Peter is quoting Psalm 16.8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Um, I, you know, I love Psalm 16. It's a cool psalm. Um, we might get into that here in a minute. Uh, all right, so continuing on, he says, Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Countenance can also be translated presence. Now, Peter's continuing in this discourse, right? He just quoted uh, Psalm 16, verses 9 through 11. And he's taking time to look up the cross-references, or if you take time to look up the cross-references, it'll give you a greater understanding. This is the psalm that talks about um, yeah. the lines have fallen on me in pleasant places. Interesting. Right? So David's you know, rejoicing in the Lord. That is interesting. And here's, here's what's interesting. I, I want to make sure that we get, capture this, because David's talking, right? He says, therefore my heart did rejoice and my tongue was glad, because the Lord has set his face before me, right? And at his right hand I shall not be moved. It says, moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Why is he saying that his flesh shall rest in hope? What is it that David is believing for when he says that? Resurrection. The resurrection. And so because thou wilt not leave my it's soul. It's a messianic psalm, yeah. 
in Hades. Now, Hades in the Greek is the same equivalent in most cases as Sheol in the Hebrew. Uh, and so you have Sheol, you have Hades, um, and then you've also heard of Yeshua call it Abraham's bosom. And I don't pretend, like I know people make diagrams and people have very like dogmatic beliefs about what happens right after you die, right? There's people that believe in soul sleep. There's people that believe you go straight to heaven. There's people that believe in purgatory, right? Whatever. I, what I want us to grasp here is that our flesh has hope even in our death, right? Why? Because Jesus is going to resurrect us out of where? At, whether it's because we went to heaven and we were directly with the Lord immediately, or That's a good point. Or that we are in Sheol in Abraham's Soul bosom. Sleep, yeah. Now, Soul sleep. In 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 you know the example of Abraham's bosom that we have in the Gospel of Matthew is it Matthew or Mark? I can't remember, but. Um, Yeshua is talking about Abraham's bosom and how the rich man goes to the fiery pit part, the hot, the hot part of, <laughs> of uh, Sheol. And from that place, he can see over to right. where the, the lame man was in Abraham's bosom having a, you know, a grand old right. time. And remember, he wanted to go back and warn his five brothers. Right. Like this is an actual place. Right. And so there's a it's lot of... just a parable. Right. So there's a lot of people that believe that when Yeshua died, he went down and broke everybody out of Sheol. And that now we don't go to Sheol. So that's one of the beliefs. And, I, and, and you can research it yourself. I think that the, the object of our faith is Yeshua, the person of Yeshua, our God and our Savior. So it's not so important, all these details, because if you're trying to figure it out, right, what are you actually doing for the Lord today? Right? That would be my question. Um, it's kinda yeah, like, Hades is, I just looked it up, the place of departed souls. Right, right. The grave. Right, even even the place in the of Greek. departed souls. And and of course, the King James <laughs> translates it hell, but hell may not be the best translation for the word Hades. Right. Um, right. It very well may be the correct context. I I don't want to tell you that it's not, but there's a possibility here that we're referring to Sheol, right? Abraham's bosom, so to speak. Not interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, so he also says, "Neither will thou thine uh, suffer thine holy one to see corruption." For thou hast made known to me the ways of life. The ways of life. He's made known to me the ways of life. Well, how do we know the ways of life? Through Yeshua. We have hope in the resurrection of the dead through Yeshua. Why? Because he said it would happen. Then he made it happen, right? And now, through his example, we have hope on his resurrection that he is the first fruits and that we now participate in that same resurrection after, in the last days, right? When the time comes. And I think that that's, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? That's that's where our hope really lies is in the resurrection and that we won't see corruption. You know, if we can just get people to read their Bibles, then, I know. then you can do cross-references. Yeah, I get so excited, you know? It says, taking time to look up the cross-references will give you a greater understanding of the text. So if you don't even know your Bible, then you can't be like Peter and quote the cross-references. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, I'm not. What is it? What is it? Psalm 16, right? It's 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 just so good in Psalm 16. Oh, you just want to go on the little bunny trail right I'd, now? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, the... Psalm 22 is the Messianic Psalm, right? But Psalm 16, I think, is what we're quoting, right? So, in, Psalm, in Psalm 16... That is right, true. Um, it says, Preserve me, O God, for I uh, in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. Right, he's even talking about not, not, uh, not even saying the names of these pagan gods, right? O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Listen, say to yourself, I have a good inheritance. I have a good inheritance. inheritance. Is a, godly her- a goodly heritage. Man, I goodly have a heritage. good inheritance. Yeah, I have a good God inheritance. has prepared an inheritance. For, we are his sons. When we believe on Yeshua, we are co-heirs. We receive an inheritance from the Lord, and it is a good inheritance. Praise right. God. Uh, where are we? So, uh, I will seven. bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad 
and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What a great promise. That's the inheritance Doesn't of the Doesn't it say in Revelation, Yeshua says, you will sit with me on my throne? That's right. He sure does. That's well, pretty cool. And here you can see, right, Hades is what is used when Paul, or I'm sorry, when Peter quotes this. Yeah. And Sheol is what it actually is in the Greek. I'm sorry, in the Hebrew, in the Psalms. So that, that gives you a little context for why we say that. So, all right, moving on. We're going to read about the patriarch David. Uh, I'm going to read verses 29 through 31. Yes, you are. In the King James. It says here, Men and brethren... Let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with him an oath, sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, Neither his flesh did see corruption. Praise God. Well, those are a nice little simple three verses here. That's great, man. I just, I, well, what's cool is, you know, Peter just said everything I just said. Well, you know, David short yeah, David is, is a type of the Messiah. He was the only king that was a prophet, priest, and king. Right. And he did the Messianic Psalms. He did the prophetic Psalms. Uh, Peter quoted Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11, as a text pointing to the resurrection of Jesus, noting that David spoke of God not abandoning him to death. He then reasoned that because David died, the psalm must have been speaking about one of his descendants. Since Jesus is the only one who conquered death and is a descendant of David, he must be the promised Messiah whom David foresaw. Yep. So he was a psalmist, a worship leader, played the harp. And um, he had prophetic psalms. So there it is. Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11. Wow. It is good. So he went to the Spirit. He basically just said in, in short order what I said in that long diatribe. He just went to I just the went Spirit. <laughs> That's really good. It is really good, man. You know, it's, it's all a reflection of love the Lord. So right. we're not thinking about ourselves now. Right. David's not singing a song about him. Oh, I'm so cool. I'm so great, you know. Yeah. I got me some Bathsheba, you know. And, <laughs> you know, it's like Uriah's gone. You know, could you imagine him writing like a rap song? Because that's the culture of like rap, right? Like how much I've taken away from others and how much I've given to myself. I don't know, but it not, but it's like you know, it's it's really a good reflection of who we should be, that we should reflect the Lord in our actions and our speech. Hey, you know, the Lord said, you know, like let's say you do something kind or this or that or 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 whatever. But it's it's interesting how um, this is all a reflection of the Lord. So there's no there's no pride. There's no right. look at me, I'm King David. So that's right. Anyway, um, I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to read verses 32 to 36. Oh, yeah. The promise of the Holy Ghost. All right. Verse 32 to 36. That looks pretty good here. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Wow, man! You know, it, it's it's cool Woo. because again, we got we talked we got about a lot of good stuff on this page. Cross here. references, right? I just get one little one little bullet point. Look what you get. You get all you get all the good stuff. Listen, the Lord's grace is sufficient. You know? Plan this out better. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Take it away, bro. Yeah. No, I think it's this is just so self-explanatory. I mean, I don't know, man. So, so here, Whew. here we go. So, Psalm 110: The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Let all the house of Israel know. I like that one. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness. From the womb of the morning, 
You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Come on, somebody. This is all Psalm 110. Oh, okay, yeah, I was, look, I was looking right here. My little note. Yeah, yeah. Wow. The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. This is the promise that the people that come against the Messiah... And this is the thing, you know, I want to I want to say this because, you know, people want to talk about like the love of God. God is love. Right. But God's love is only valuable to us because of his passionate hate. Right. Imagine being on the wrong end of this equation. Imagine not following the Lord. And, and of course, we don't follow the Lord because we don't want to be on that end. Right. We follow the Lord because look at how good it is to follow the Lord. Right, his righteousness, his goodness, his loving kindness, all of these attributes of the Lord. But think for a second that you have been warned for thousands of years. Don't (laughs) don't go against the Lord's anointed. And yet you're still thick enough to do it. You know what I mean? Then this is this is what you get you get, right? You know, if you think about the whole storyline, the whole redemptive plan, the very essence of God, I mean, he is just He's a creator. Yeah. He created the angels. Some of them blew it. They became fallen angels. Mm-hmm. And Satan was the most powerful angel, and he blew it. And now he plays off the fallen angels and Satan mm-hmm. to continue to be the creator and what he wants to do through the human race. Right. And then, and, and it's amazing how it's like chess or whatever. It's like a, the game of life. It's so cool. How many little pegs can I get in my little car and go around and spin the thing? It's like God is, 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 is playing this, this game of life. That he wants us to participate with him. You know, we'll be over angels. Right. So this is really a big deal. That's never been heard of before. You know, and just like when God had, had created the angels and everything, he, he didn't let them know everything. He didn't tell them everything. I think that's actually mentioned in the book of Enoch, that he did not share all of his secrets and all of his knowledge with the angels. Well, it's like what my dad used to say to me. He says, son, I taught you everything you know, but I didn't teach you everything I know. I'm <laughs> like, oh, good to know, dad. Thank you. But that's that's how it is. So I'm just saying that it's quite fascinating how how God is so awesome that he just really wants us to participate and believe in him. And that's how he gets his 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 thrills. That's how he gets his joy is that we 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 do it willingly because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So as you're watching this or hearing this, keep it in mind that we are doing it in faith. Amen. And we're doing it because we want to do it. Right. And we're not robots, so we have a free will. So I find it quite fascinating, this part of the redemptive plan of God, you know, as he lays this thing out. It's funny how God wants to gather us, but it's been so hard. You think you have everything you need to gather, but everything that we have causes us to scatter. Mm-hmm. Screen addiction, this, that, offenses, this, that, whatever it is. I mean, think about it. We have transportation. We have communication. We have everything we need to come together, but we don't. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. For whatever reason, just to keep this house together, it takes everything I got. Yeah. My own personal house. <laughs> let's all stay together. You know, let's all be together. Yeah. But it's it's like herding cats. But I'm, but to me, it's like, but that is really what the Father's doing. He is gathering, and we are returning. Yeah. Amen. So, so uh, let's break down these verses just real quick, 32 and 33, uh, where he says, Had shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. Uh could be translated that he gave Jesus the authority to send the Holy Spirit with the results you are seeing and hearing today, referring to the miracle of the speaking in tongues. That's good. And the hearing that the manifestation of it. Right. Wow. So, That's so good, good commentary. Because he's he's making them like, do you even do you not believe your own eyes and ears? Right. Do you do you see it? Because like you can try to dismiss it, but like you're here and you're witnessing it even right now. The the effects of of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my, on my right hand until I make thy uh, foes your footstool. Therefore let all those, all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Lord and Christ, Master and Messiah, anointed one, right? 
that he has anointed the Lord. Um, I want to just take one more second to say that when you see here that he says, my Lord said unto my Lord, this is trans, the, the, the Hebrew is that Yahweh, Yehovah, right, um, said unto Adonai, Adonai, right, my master. So the Yahweh said unto my master, well, who's he talking about? Is he talking to himself? You know, this is, yeah. this is this funny part, which is why Peter is quoting this, of course. So when Peter says, for David is not ascended into the heavens, he is referring to his body, not his soul, obviously. Because, um, you know, the soul goes with the spirit. Right. The body's going to go in the dirt. Right, right, right. But there's no soul. From dust you came. Your soul is with your to spirit. dust you shall return. Uh, also then in Acts uh, 2, 34 and 35, Peter's quoting Psalm 110, the Lord said unto my Lord, which already kind of went through that, he'll make thine enemies thy footstool. Um, the inheritance of the righteous, right, is, is awesome. And I just feel like, how do you receive righteousness? Well, you trust in the righteousness of the Messiah, and then you receive that righteousness. It is his righteousness. What did you say in the beginning about, about what? The inheritance of the righteous. The inheritance. Is awesome. You know, you, you just think about eternal life. You know, I have my little Ahava. She sleeps with us. She's two and a half, little. And I just put my little arm on her. She's sleeping. And I say, Ahava, we're going to be together forever. Forever. With Jesus. Praise God. We're going to be together forever with Jesus. You and me and Jesus. We're going to all be together forever because of him. Boy, you don't even, I don't even know how to get out of bed. It's like, that was awesome. Yeah. I'm just looking at her like, we're all going to be together forever. That's why I say what I say about in here. Why can't we get along? Why would you want to fight? Why do you want to bicker? Why do you want to argue when we have eternal life? Why don't you practice now getting along? Yeah. You know, and, and thank God for this place. I mean, you know, that's the way I look at it. I don't come in here in a service and pick it all apart and this and that. And, oh, I can't believe that. I can't. I'm just glad to be here. Things happen. I don't even know about it. I found out afterwards. But I think we should look at it like that. Like, this is heaven. Yeah. You know, And we actually have somebody named heaven here. <laughs> That's true. To help us. <laughs> oh, look, there's heaven. There's heaven. <laughs> She's, her funny. middle name is Third. Third Man, heaven. Uh, I'm going to read. Oh, this is my chance. Verses now. 37 through 41. I get, I get a whole page. I get all of page three. Do you? I do. I, see, I love it. You know, if you just wait. Ah, 37 41. Repent and be baptized. Now he got their attention, see? That's right. He's got a captive audience. So I'm going to read verses 37 through 41. It says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation." Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Imagine that. Let's, let's jump in here. I, I don't know how many meetings I've been to where 3,000 people like went and got baptized. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's like a misunderstanding about the upper room. I mean, uh, I think what we need to understand is that they were, they were in the upper room, they were together, then they made their way down. Correct, to the Temple Mount. But... At what point did they, you know, have a public display of, you know, supposedly drunkenness in the spirit? Yeah. Drunk in the spirit. Um, so after Peter's powerful spirit-filled message, the people were deeply moved and asked, what shall we do? We must ask ourselves this same question. To be sorry for our sins is not enough. We must repent. Ask God to forgive us and then live like forgiven people. See, I like that. That's know? true. And that word repent, right? Um, it's an important word. It doesn't mean to feel sorry for your sins, like you said, right? I think we, we, we overlay on top of you that. You know what repent means? It means to change your mind. That's correct. That's what I was getting at. Because I, I use that in, in chapter 3. Oh. It means to change your okay. mind. Yeah, so we'll wait. We won't even cover that today. We'll just No, we'll but that's that good, though. Week. That was good. I should have really brought this out in a bullet point because it's so important. Yeah. Matter of fact, I believe right now, you know, um, I was in the shower and just got down on my face this morning. And I said, Father, forgive me for my sins. 
I just want to repent right before I leave the shower and leave my house. Lord, please just forgive me for my sins. Man, it just feels good, you know. Yeah. It just it really does. Well, and that, that is it, right? So the repentance is what draws you to the place of asking for forgiveness. Right. But what these guys are doing here is it says here that they were pricked in their heart. What were they pricked in their heart by? Well, well, Peter, as I explained just a minute ago, just called all of them out for somebody died casually for participating you, in the death and you of gotta take it all the in. Messiah. Yeah, somebody died for you. So now they need to change their mind from thinking poorly about this man to believing that he is the way of salvation. And that's what repentance is. So the word promise, number 1860 in the Greek, is the Greek word epangelia. And it means an announcement for information, assent, or pledge, especially a divine assurance of good. So this is an announcement. Hey, God has something really good for you, eternal life, right? It also means message. So the promise is a divine assurance of good. Praise God. Whew. I love it. The word untoward, number 4646 in the Strong's Concordance, is the Greek word skolios, and it means warped, i.e. winding, figuratively perverse, crooked, or froward. You know, uh, it, it reminded me of when we put the suka together with the two-by-fours, that some of them were twisted and bent, and you're trying to make it work, and it's so hard. Like, it's a good piece of wood. It's wood. It, you, can, you can use it as best you can, but it just doesn't really work. So we have to throw them out and get some new uh, pieces of wood. Um, like, this is where you get the word scoliosis. Now, I want to bring this out. Um, he's saying this on the Temple Mount in that area around the temple. Mm-hmm. So think about it. You're telling the church... <laughs> Come out of this untoward, crooked, perverse generation, whatever you're doing, you know, warped. You know, we, have, we all have our little bent, you know, that we got to fix. But Peter's word that the promise was not just for the Jews, this is great, who were listening, but for all that are, in, uh, for all that are far off implies the inclusion of Gentiles. If you could read Ephesians 2, 13 and 17, I do believe this is about being far away and brought near. It is. And it's about the commonwealth. But let's keep it in context here. The... Uh, letter to the uh, church of Ephesus, the Ephesians chapter two, verses 13 and 17. So, so verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And then verse 17 says, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. Man. See, once you were not a people, but now you're a people. Right. And I'll tell you this though, Ryan, this is the bonus package because Hosea and Gomer had a relationship and Gomer was the prostitute. That's what she was. And they had a child Jezreel who was a legitimate child between them. Then she went off like after receiving Mount Sinai, the marriage covenant, like Israel did. And she had two illegitimate children. One was not a people named uh, Loami and no mercy. Loruamah, not my people, Loami, no mercy. So we have to understand that if God has given us mercy, we have to give that back to others because it's been given to us. So. Check this out. So great would be the day of Jezreel. This is what Peter says, and this is, you know, I wonder sometimes when these guys are saying the things, you, you know it's the Holy Spirit because it's consistent with all the prophets and the message of God. And obviously Peter was with Yeshua for three and a half years plus another 40 days when he was resurrected, right? But he says, for the promise is unto you, and he's obviously assuming that most of his audience there is Jewish because they've all there, come there for the feast, right. all right? And to your children. And so the next generation of the Jewish people. And to all that are far off. Referring to who? The northern kingdom. That's right? good. That's a good When they point. refer to those that are far off, most cases are referring to Israel, who was scattered and is in the diaspora, and they're all waiting for this miracle to happen to where he will return, or Ephraim, right? That they'll, the, the, the ingathering of the exiles. Even in those days. Now, afar off, though, he's still, he's still leaning more towards the Jewish people, though, remember? Correct. He had a hard time with the Gentiles. But the Gentiles are afar off. Well, And when I say Israelites, I'm referring to Israelites. Because remember, he had a problem with Gentiles. Right. He's referring to Northern Kingdom. But then he does say this. Even though he has a problem with Gentiles, right? He says, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, I have in many cases, people will ask, like, well, what about the people that haven't ever heard the gospel because they're on a deserted island and they eat coconuts? Right? I mean, we've all heard these, these arguments. And I always say, and I always stick to, and I stick to I'm this. not that person eating the coconuts. That's what I say. Uh, that, is, that, is the next, that is my next line. <laughs> but my first line is, <laughs> I only can trust in the mercy of God. 
even for my own salvation, thinking I know what I think I know. I am, I am still dependent on God's mercy. It is not to be taken for granted. And so here, Peter is basically saying the same thing. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call, which is an expansion, right? Like you mentioned in your bullet point here. Yeah. Opening it up to Very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, you know, and Peter comes around. I love it, man. He, he really does. So even as many as the Lord our God shall call indicates that salvation is ultimately God's work and comes to those whom the Lord effectively calls into personal relationship with him. Just like he, uh, he called me in my apartment in March of 92. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 people were baptized in water. Imagine in the name of the Godhead. And they don't know what's going on. They just think they're doing mikvahs. So by the time you do all these people, it's after the fact. Now, in Exodus 32, it was 3,000 that lost their life in the golden calf incident. That's verse 28 of Exodus 32. And on top of that, verse 35, And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron made. See? So they were baptized and they added 3,000 souls. So something good happened in regards to to that something really 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 good happened so any any feedback on that that's kind of incredible i mean right there on the temple mount they're having revival i mean i i think it's awesome they all went and got baptized um one of the benefits of being there at the temple mount is that there's you know hundreds of mikvah pools you're right that they've you know archaeologists have uncovered all these mikvah pools because people before going to worship at the temple would do a mikvah on their way there um, and there's been some cool new archaeological discoveries, the Pool of Siloam, right? Um, the, the Pilgrim's Trail up to the Temple Mount from the Pool yeah, of Siloam. Yeah, that's true. They have, they have found that archaeological mm-hmm. evidence. So I'm imagining this, right? That maybe, just maybe, they left there at the Temple Mount where he was preaching, went to the Pool of Siloam and baptized people. Or one of the mikvah pools around there, around the temple. I just... I thought that would be. Oh yeah, I mean, it was it happened right there. Right. So when we when Solomon's we porch and everything. Think about these events that have happened. You know, it's cool that like my feet have been in that place. Right. I've stood in the pool of Siloam. Right. I've walked through Hezekiah's tunnels, which leads right out to the pool of Siloam. Uh, I have pictures of my daughters standing in it. You know what I mean? They got their their little. Uh, That's right. You know, feet in the water, took their shoes off, and the whole bit. And that was the main water source too. So, all right, you're going to read uh, the end, 42 through 47. We're going to wrap this puppy oh, up. Oh, man, you get another page. A whole another page. Listen. listen. You know, this is so encouraging to read this. <laughs> it is. It is. Because good. like I said, I don't want to take Big Teeth for granted, you know. I love the fellowship, you know. I, I just love, you know, the fellowship, being together, Hebrews Cafe. I mean, everything we got here to come together. Men's meeting tomorrow night. I can't wait. Just to love on the men, encourage the men, you know, tell them they're good enough. God loves them. Just to be together. It's just so awesome that he, he's doing this now, right here. Right. We've got the place. There's no excuse. He gave us the tools. So the fellowship of the believers is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, I'm going to finish it up. Uh, Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart." praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Mm. Boy, what a, what, a, what, a, what a turning point now of redemption and the Holy Spirit being poured out now because that's been two days. A day slows a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. And people always wonder, well, you know, how come, you know, there wasn't restoration when Jesus came? Well, they still had to be punished for their sins. The temple's got to be destroyed. And then, of course, we know that the, uh, uh, the scattering is still there, but we're not in exile. We're just scattered. We're in the diaspora. But the good news is, is that he is gathering. And like I said, the good news is, is that the gospel has gone out. I mean, that's, that's what I see. I mean, Wycliffe and all this stuff, all these organizations, um, Gideon's International. But uh, the gospel is going forth. And notice this incredible fellowship going on now, see, because God's moving. Because it's all about God now. 
It's not about sports or Netflix or a birthday party or a graduation party. Those are great. What I'm saying is that we're talking about loving the Lord and having some real fellowship and helping one another. Yeah. Especially like, you know, if, if I get to watch somebody else's children or they watch my children, you know, what a blessing, you know, that someone could count on us to watch their children, you know, that kind of trust. Because the prophecy is that we as Gentiles, as, as grafted in as the, the nations, we're going to be carrying their children, the Jewish yeah. people's children. That's a prophecy. It's right there in the Bible. Right. So this, this whole page here, this whole is really just good news. Like, man, I want some fellowship. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I won't give me some fellowship. Oh, I got to keep reading. I think no, you finished it. I did finish reading. You, you get to do reading. all the good points here. No, you were doing great. I mean, I was just no. Like, you got to read these bullet. I was points. riding the wave. You, you know? got to read these bullet Praise points. The Lord. That's what I'm saying. I want me some fellowship. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> so the early church was devoted to the apostles' doctrine, which would have included Jesus' earthly uh, earthly teachings, plus what he taught the apostles in his forty days of resurrection appearance. Boy. So it says they. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, right? These are the things, you know, like there's parts of the Bible, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I want the transcripts. Like that's going to be like you, you've said this before, like, uh, like heaven flicks, you know, like when we get to the, to the end, yeah. right. And we get to be in eternity that we're going to get to see all the cool things for ourselves. Like we'll get to have like a, a front row seat to the exodus. Maybe, and maybe. He might not let us see the past. But I will say this, though. How much... Can, Don't do that to me. I'm just he saying... He says he'll give me the desires of my heart. No, Blockbuster shut down. There's only one left. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is this, though. But I want to ask you this. And this right. is... Because I've mentioned this before. But who's not to say we can't talk to people Listen, one I on got one. this from you. So, like... I would like to Now you're so. telling me it might not be true. No. No, because listen, if I say to myself, oh, I want to see John the Baptist out there on the riverbank. He goes, oh, I don't know about that. I had some bad days. <laughs> John the Baptist is like... All right, Nick, let's put your video in. Ooh, no thanks. Oh, let's put your video in before you met Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm okay. No, I want to see good. like when he baptizes Yeshua. I don't need to see, you know, John I want to see how Noah built the ark with, when he's with, fighting just, with, his with wife. just three boys. You That's know what, what I'm saying? I, I don't need to see that. I want to see Noah build the ark with three boys. That's 120 years worth of <laughs> That man built a flips. boat. That's all. For a while. I'm just saying. Get some popcorn. Who did anything greater than that? That's That's an unbelievable feat, yeah. I mean, that's like. That's one of the things. I want to take the kids and go to Kentucky. And There's see no the lows, man. Do you get You've it? You've been there, right? Where? The Ark? Yeah. Yeah, man. I want to take the kids and go uh, see it. Uh, you haven't? I haven't done it. You would that'd be worth everything. Just right now, just get in the car and go. I mean, I'm just saying, get in that van. All right. But, oh, it's. Can you get me covered for Saturday? <laughs> yeah, we need you. <laughs> Poor Sarah. Are we going to have you or not? Uh, all right. Where was I? Okay. The so Bullet points. Um, the, so fellowship, right? So the, the doctrine of the apostles and in fellowship. Now, fellowship here is koinonia, uh, participation, sharing, right? Included the sharing of material goods, the breaking of bread, which likely covers both the Lord's Supper and the larger fellowship meal. Uh, prayers took place in house meetings and likely also in the temple. And one thing that I'd like to mention is when it says uh, they continued in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers, this is and in the prayers. Uh, it's not translated that way in most translations. However, um, when it talks about the prayers, this could very likely be the normal Jewish prayers that we know about today. Now, I wouldn't say all of them because we know some of them were That's written in like the Middle Ages. But, for example, say the, the Amidah. Right or these other prayers where uh, the Jewish people for forever have been praying these prayers, and what's cool about that is some scholars believe that when Yeshua gave the Lord's Prayer, right, um, that this was like a like a signature thing that rabbis would do that were contemporary with Yeshua. That they everybody had these common prayers, but like if you were a student of this person or that person, then you had this prayer, and people would know you were their student by the way you prayed. And so this is one of the things that Yeshua gave was kind of his signature of, of prayer added on top of the layer of common Jewish prayer. You know, it says here about the doctrine, um, it means instruction. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm here to instruct people. Right. Don't twist it. Don't pervert it. Don't add. Don't take Just listen to the simple instructions and go with it. Yep. And then see how it works for you. Right. But that's, that's where, you know, people want to challenge your instruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, do they. Well, because you got the Hebrews of the Christian faith. you got so many dynamics. You, you could just make it miserable for people. Well, it's because Ephraim is difficult. sick, right? This is one of the things about 
the northern kingdom and people want to talk about the two houses and all these things or that it's not true or or what they'll do is they'll criticize Ephraim in the Bible and say, why would you want to be a part of that? It's like, listen, when you tell me that the people that are in the Hebrew roots are doing all of this craziness and then you want to tell me that you don't believe in the two houses, I don't understand. It does disconnect because like I read the scriptures and I see Ephraim is messed up in most of it, right? Now, Ephraim will. The prophecies of Ephraim comes, right, with weeping and supplication. Ephraim gets his act together eventually. I believe he does. Praise God. He's got to be mature and responsible. But when you tell me all the harebrained things that these folks are doing out there, that's just more proof that they're probably a Ephraim. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not... It's that kind of like a case study on a Ephraim when we talk about it. Well, like I said, if you check the box, you know, you love falafel, you want to go to Israel, you want to hang out with Jewish people, you know, um, you know, you're not Jewish, but you want to do all these things. Yeah, you have to be a fryam. I I don't disagree I love with it, that. Man. I love it. I just, I, just just have the conversation. See, but that's the nice way to say it. Well, I'm referring to like there's a lot of people out there that like hate Jewish people. It's like, oh, that's true. I'm the real Israel, but yeah. those Jews, they're fake Jews. And Joseph's like, coat of many colors. What do you so identify as an Israelite? Like, Isn't that crazy about racism <laughs> and 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 prejudice and all that stuff? Are you trans Israelite? Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like these things that people come up with. That just it's bad enough that there's actually, I think the, the worst thing was, well, it, it, it was like, well, you know, the church is, you know, spiritual Israel. The Jews are physical That's Israel. another thing. So See, like that Ephesians right there two. comes up too. I'm like, we brought Ephesians no, I'm going to settle that debate right a, now for if you. If it walks like you a wanna, duck and quacks like a duck. You want to deal with, with this whole like spiritual Israel versus physical Israel thing? When you're a citizen of America, are you a spiritual citizen or a physical <laughs> citizen? Tell me, how does that work? I don't know. I thought I was waste, just a Why waste your time with all the people that want to argue and debate? We just move on. See, that's what I'm saying. Just let it go. You You're know? right. You're right. Just let it go and say, okay, I wish you the best. You're right. And this I, next bullet point is a great one to go with. It <laughs> says, the early church experienced reverent fear in response to wonders and signs of the Holy Spirit's power and presence among them. Wow. That may make sense to Thank me. Thank you, Father, for your right? presence. Um, also, a healthy Christian community attracts people to Jesus. The Jerusalem church's zeal for worship and brotherly love was contagious. So, what are you doing to make your church the kind of place that will attract others to faith in Jesus? I filled that out last night. Let's hear it. This is what I have. What are you doing to make your church the kind of place that will attract others to faith in Jesus? This is what I got. Building a strong community and raising up the next generation. That will draw people to faith in Jesus. Celebrating our faith through the arts and teaching the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. You know, when we get up and we dance and we celebrate, most of the time people are smiling. Even new people are like, and I watch new people get in the congregational dance or they're starting to learn or something. But I like that. Building a strong community and raising up the next generation will attract others. If, if we just say that, oh, I'm interested in that. Uh, celebrating our faith through the arts and teaching the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. I like that too. Yeah, so that's kind of like what I see on that point. I'm Uh, doing my best to continue in the Apostles' Doctrine. I'm doing my best to fellowship with other believers, to get together, breaking bread, and praying. I think that, like, if we just took this and, like, did it. Like, remember earlier I said slow down and read the Bible? Imagine if we would read the Bible looking for something to do rather than looking for an argument or looking for a point to prove I like or looking this. for a looking sermon for something to do looking for something to do so all right let's close it up what two points did you get pastor nick out of acts chapter 2 verses 22 through 47 my my two lines are blank but i'm just thinking about <laughs> you want me to go first yeah you go first because i'm still thinking about this because it's like i don't know there's a, it's simple yet i'm not real sure what i really got out of all that it was like Simple, simple things. I yeah. So I came up with this last night. I said that forgiveness, repentance, and accountability are the secret sauce of Christianity. Like, obviously, there's the main thing, which is Yeshua, faith, right? All these things. But forgiveness, repentance, and accountability. Love. This is the secret sauce. You mix it up. You drink it. Drink as much as you can. Get drunk with it. And that's the secret sauce of Christianity, of following Yeshua. Um, and, and I think that these are attributes of Yeshua, right? Forgiveness, repentance, which I guess, I guess he never really repented of anything, but uh, accountability is another one. You know, he surrounded himself with other people. Uh, my second point was that uh, Peter is quoting the prophets. 
He's quoting the prophets. He's quoting the Old Testament prophets, right? What does that tell me? It tells me that after the death, burial, and resurrection of Yeshua, that we can still, just like Yeshua did on the road to Emmaus, he said, uh, it says in the road to Emmaus in uh, the end of the book of Luke, it says that he taught Cleopas and the other disciple on the road to Emmaus uh, from Moses and all the prophets, the things concerning himself. So we can find and preach the gospel in the Old Testament and in the prophets, and the prophets are still relevant for today. We can read the prophets, we can look out, and not only can we see that God is doing things, but we can also take it as a mandate of participation. That's my second one. That's what wow. I got. I'm ready to go. Acts chapter 2, man. Acts 2.0. Bam, bam, bam. Let's go. Well, Acts has what, 28 chapters? I'm ready for Acts chapter 29. It's happening right now. It is. Praise God. So what you got? You got something? I got it. You got it. I got it. Just just in, folks. Fresh. Oh, yeah. It was in my mind. Fresh. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, I, here we go. This I is think what I'm I, ready. This is what I got. It was in my mind. I had to put it on paper. Okay, I had to put it down in writing here. All right, this is what I got. We must repent, be baptized in water, and fill with the Holy Spirit. Boom. So think about it. Love Say, it. Okay. Mm, oh, okay, good, you know. I'm full of some other stuff right now. Okay, well, let's get the Holy Spirit Look in at there. that. It just dawned on me. Spirit, soul, and body, right? <laughs> Baptizes the flesh, right? You have to take do a physical thing, right? Mm. Right? Uh, what else is it you said? No, I was saying that we must repent. Repent is our yeah. soul. Yeah. Right? That's right. Mind, will, and emotion. And then Holy Spirit, our spirit. That's it. Right. See? There you go. Spirit, soul, and body. We must repent, right? Be baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. That's man, number one. Man. Number two, I like this one. This one is the one I really like. When we are sons and daughters of God, we can have all things in common and have some awesome fellowship. Fellowship. How about that? I like it. How about that? Hey, man, I want to go to church and hang out with everybody and have a good time. Instead of going, being depressed, being critical, not liking somebody. I don't like what she said. I don't like what she's wearing. I don't like that. It's like, you know, I want to come together and hang out and have fun. If church isn't fun, I'm not coming. I mean, that's just my motto. Mm -hmm. Church has to be fun. And I, I, I'll tell you, you know, and I'm not being partial because I'm the pastor. I'm just saying that we have incredible times together here. I think we do. Um, I think our services are unique and different. They evolve. They, 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 they're, they're different. You know, we're going to have a 4th of July celebration. We've got, we counted the Omer. I mean, we just got so many cool things that are happening. Praise you know? God. So anyway, I, I think that's great. You, you can close up. I right. love it. Father, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for letting us, even today, see the manifestation of your Spirit among us, that we would see the signs and the wonders that you are even still performing today, and that we, too, can believe on your name by these things, and that others will come to the faith in your Son, and thereby in you, through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So we just thank you for this. We love you. We praise you. We ask you to bless every single person uh, under the sound of my voice, Lord, in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, bless you. Have a great week.